Talk Radio. Well, ladies and gentlemen, your political MD is in the house, and we told you when we signed off yesterday, a massive political cardiac arrest event incoming, and two, two, count them, two new whistleblowers into the Biden crime family have come forward just since we signed off the air yesterday. And we learned more about this Joe Biden burner phone that Jim Jordan is going to be subpoenaing to get those records if they still exist. That burner phone may have faced the Hillary Clinton fate of a hammer smashing it to smithereens, but we may find out. But now, Mr. X whose identity is being kept secret, I suppose, to protect his own livelihood. Remember, it was the FBI that said, we can't unmask our informant. His life is in danger. So I guess that's why Mr. X is keeping his identity anonymous. So this is breaking today, right before we go on air. A second Biden whistleblower in the last uh, 18 hours coming forward. It's not much. We just know his name is Mr. X. Of course, it's not his real name, but he wants to be anonymous. He told congressional staff last month he became emotional after seeing the way that this probe was handled from the beginning. Mr. X worked under the more publicized whistleblower Gary Shapley. In a letter released last week, Mr. X says it was clear to him that Trump-appointed U.S. Attorney David Weiss was not running the probe. Quote, he had to follow the normal process. He had to go to Washington, D.C., the U.S. Attorney's Office, them saying no. So he really wasn't in charge. He had to follow the process, end quote. But just three weeks ago, Trace Weiss wrote and signed a letter addressed to House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan. We obtained a copy. It reads in part, I want to make clear that as the Attorney General has stated, I have been granted ultimate authority over this matter, including responsibility for deciding where, when, and whether to file charges. Now, given the discrepancy between what Weiss allegedly said said in the meeting and what he wrote in the letter house republicans want to hear from him and others in his office under oath we want to talk to david weiss the u.s attorney we want to get the answers and the way you do that is to talk to these attorneys who handled this case attorney general merrick garland has denied blocking weiss from investigating the story continues on capitol hill and in the courts trace Back to you as the news warrants. David Spunt, live for us in D.C. David, thank so you. So let's try to get all caught up here. I am going to show you last night's whistleblower later on in the transmission. And this just isn't about the Bidens. I think this gets into the larger political corruption. But the Bidens know how to engage in illegal campaign fundraising and donations. But they don't tell the people donating to them that it's illegal. Oh, I guarantee you it's not the Bidens that came up with this trick or this method, but everybody's focus is on the Biden crime family now since Joe is in the White House. Now, you just heard from Jim Jordan, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, who also just released a document last night, the weaponization of CISA. Jordan plans to subpoena Weiss and others. Jordan plans to subpoena to get the Biden burner phone. 
And then who else is going to get subpoenaed in this process? Hunter Biden might get subpoenaed at some point. These other whistleblowers may have to testify. This is certainly getting interesting. And I think that the tape that got leaked last night through CNN that they've probably had for years, but they decided to leak it last night to distract from the Biden crime family being exposed. That's not a coincidence. I don't know how many more cards they have in their deck to get Donald Trump. I, I think they've they've pretty much exhausted their deck. And the Biden crime family, the, the deck of cards exposing that is 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 still deep. And I can't think of anybody better to have in studio with the House Judiciary releasing this document, the rep- weaponization of CISA, than FBI whistleblower himself, Kyle Serafin, joining me in 90 seconds. Loaded broadcast today. The InfoWars War Room brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com, the fastest three hours on the internet. Don't go anywhere. You blink and you'll miss it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. This is the InfoWars War Room brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. We're joined here in the first hour with an in-studio guest, Kyle Serafin, FBI whistleblower. And really, you've now become a successful podcast host yourself. So you're even a political uh, commentator now, I would say. Yeah, it's a weird world to jump in when you are both uh, reporting on news, commenting on news, and then you're also... Part of the story. Part of the story, yeah. We, we're breaking stories. Uh, we're making stories in some ways, which is a really weird space for people in that, you know, it's, it's unusual, kind of a triple threat, I guess. You know, and I'm trying to think of the timeline here. When you when you first came out and you were talking about weaponization of government, that was your big issue yep. where you became a whistleblower. We might get into that process, but... Talk about that experience for you from from saying, you know what, I need to make this information public. I'm concerned about my country. I think the people need to know this is going on to where you're at today, where you're hosting your own podcast, getting big guests and doing good numbers. So the issue is this, the, the, the information, it belongs to American. It's American people's information. The government likes to hide it through classification, uh, through a lot of obfuscation. They don't respond to FOIA, things like that. So- our motivation, my motivation was essentially like, this is not my information. This is everybody's information. We need to put it out there. So how do we overcome that? And then the second thing is I need a platform and I need a mechanism, a vehicle to give other whistleblowers a chance to come out. And, um, and we may not be the biggest in the world, but we can at least get them heard the way that these guys stay safe and the way that they keep the government from coming through their door on a, you know, some ginned up search warrant is essentially you give them a platform, you give them a microphone. I started off talking to Dan Bongino. That was my first move. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I believe it was Bongino first. Yep. Uh, and then I believe Tucker Carlson as well. I did uh, Jesse Waters and I've done Laura Ingram. I've done uh, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. So you name it. Like if there was an opportunity to get out there, I ran, I was doing 25 media hits a week. And, you know, there's no money involved in that sort of thing. People are like, oh, you're getting paid. It's like, no, you don't get paid. You go out there yeah. so you stay alive. And more importantly, and not that I think that someone's going to come kill me per se. I can't rule it out. But 
you know, moreover, it's you like, don't have any dirt on the Clintons, do you? Not, not that I'm aware of. So no Arkansas. Right, I think you're all right situation. for now. Yeah. yeah, the key was is uh, you want to make sure that you keep your message out there so you don't get buried by the alternative, which is that DOJ goes out and leaks some sort of hit story on you. They put it in the New York Times. They put it on CNN. They put it on MSNBC. I had an initial experience with that where um, this guy named Ryan Riley, who reports, he was the famous guy that said uh, he saw those little um, ear earplugs in Ferguson, oh, Missouri, no. and he thought those were rubber bullets. That's Ryan Riley. So I remember he, him. I was so he there. He reported on my actual first podcast, which was very embarrassing for me to look back on. I mean, you, everyone grows, right? So I'm sitting in front of a <laughs> microphone, like in my dad's study, and I'm just talking to a mic, and uh, and I said some things about January 6th and so on, and he reported on that. And he was like, Seraphin says that you know the people that stormed the Capitol you know, were acting like a bunch of clowns. And I was hanging out with a bunch of law enforcement guys on January 6th. We saw the live footage. There's a dude wearing a Viking helmet you know, that's down there in the Capitol, and we're like, that's hilarious. Like, I don't care who you are. That's objectively funny and weird. The Simpsons thought it was funny. They put it in their show. It is funny. It's a silly thing to do. And like, and as my buddy Steve Friend, who's another whistleblower, likes to say, none of us have that copy of the Constitution that has the ink, you know, the secret ink on the back that says, when you get your guy with the Viking helmet and body paint into the speaker's chair, then you take over the government. We don't know about that. I didn't. That know was in uh, the Nicolas Cage movie. That's right. It National was, Treasure. National Treasure. Yeah, I don't that have film. that copy, though. That's the original You haven't seen copy. that one. Yeah. That's, well, the, that's the uh, editor's cut. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> so without, you know, without that being the case, he tried to quote me and, and basically, like, you know, come at me with, this, with my own statements. And it's like, no, no, dude, I was an FBI agent, right? When I speak, I expect that you're going to turn that against me. I'm also not foreign to the media idea. So if I'm going to say something out loud... I'm willing to hold myself accountable to what that is. And I do believe that thing based on what we saw on that day. It was a accounting of what happened from a bunch of cops who ended up having to go to the Capitol. Who know a little bit about crime scenes. Correct. And know what is and what is not a threat. These guys, in fact, all the guys I was, I was out actually at a shooting course. And so we're out doing red dot pistol training. And uh, the, the statement was, is like, um, they were all SWAT operators. Every single one of those guys was involved in what's called mutual aid. They all got called down to the Capitol that day. In fact, their pagers went off and half the class had to disappear. And nobody there was particularly worried. Nobody was like putting on their body armor and scared. They were like, oh, well, yeah, and we got to go clean this up. Trump has a hundred rallies in a year and right. not a single violent event happens at one. Exactly. And I mean, law enforcement officers, obviously, you know, you have situational awareness. Yep. Even, even sometimes it might go against your training, Correct. right? You're, you're trained to no matter the situation, this is your approach, but you're a human, you have situational awareness and you know, you go to a Trump rally, those 50,000 people are probably not going to be a problem. Now the 50, Antifa outside banging on uh, bongos and whatever they now that might be the problem. So I've done that too. I was out uh, undercover in a surveillance role in Portland in September oh, and October oh of, of 2021. Uh, no, sorry of, of 2020. So I actually saw what happened outside the White House, right at Lafayette Square when they put Trump in the bunker. We we're there right. a day or two afterwards. My buddies are out there in front of it. We saw what those guys were doing, and they're stashing bricks and they're putting. Yeah, you they know, were all bars. over downtown. Oh yeah, they were everywhere. We the were out scenes are actually crazy. They, it, it, we, we always forget, but there's these scenes from overhead. I guess they're from helicopters and stuff. And I mean, it looks like it's like a Rome is burning type of scene. There were fires. Yeah, there was all these mass movements. They were fighting cops. They're throwing explosive devices, which they're fireworks, but they're commercial fireworks. So that's really scary stuff. And then in the meantime, what else? We, we see this other response out in Portland where they were doing seriously aggressive stuff. Um, same thing, throwing explosive device, attacking with laser pointers and so on, uh, trying to fight cops physically. You know, usually they got knocked over because they don't tend to lift and the cops tend to be like pretty burly dudes. And I, you got like 40 pounds of equipment on too. You've got, yeah, these you've guys got some... look like they look like mech warriors. And then you see these like, you know, like dudes with these like, you know, 
wooden shields running out there going like attack. It was it was absurd. I watched it through night vision. They're goggles. LARPing. They were but LARPing. Have you seen some of the Antifa training videos? Yeah, they're funny. Oh my gosh. It's it's funnier than a guy in a Viking helmet. It, much funnier. Taking um, over the government. But I'll tell you this, when you're sitting in a car by yourself and you're miles away from anybody else and six of them surround you and you know that they've called out your license plate over FRS radios because the Bureau was monitoring all this stuff mm-hmm. and they're out there and they've identified you as a potential fed. They're going to come and surround your vehicle and you agree, because I did, that, well, let's see what they do. So they surrounded my vehicle, and then I'm sitting there just watching hands. I'm watching waistband. I'm watching demeanor. These are the things that we look for. And I'm waiting to see, is someone going to make a move on me and try and do some physical damage? And am I going to have to draw my weapon and use it? And will my agency even back me up, which you don't know? So like that's a really different experience than going into a Trump rally. And I've been to State of the Unions. I've been to Fourth of July parades. You know, All the, the D.C. area has unlimited protests. Yeah, it's every weekend. Every weekend, exactly. Most protested place, probably in America. So the fact that they didn't handle that well, it feels on purpose to people like me. Yeah, and and again, somebody that has the background, you know what's the normal protocol for something like this. It wasn't a secret. It wasn't like, oh, Trump Trump the day before said, I'm going to have an event here. Correct. They knew it for months. And a lot of this is a lot of this has actually come out. Nancy Pelosi had a documentary film crew. But you know, but getting back here uh, before we take this first break, so. What was it that kind of, what was the straw that broke the camel's back for you? And it was like, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff that's concerned me, but I've I've just been a good agent, but now I've got to go public. It, was there was there an incident? Was there a moment? Sure. So um, I started doing what I would call whistleblower activities now, knowing what it looks like. I actually started doing that in 2018. I would bring things. I was like, hey, through chain of command inside the bureau. That's what you're supposed to do theoretically, but you don't have to. So I'm bringing things up to the Office of General Counsel. I'm bringing things up to the Equal Opportunity Employment Office. I'm bringing things up that I thought were a problem. I had a letter uh, drafted by an attorney saying, this is an issue from the Office of General Counsel. Like, we're not doing this thing correctly, and we are potentially getting ourselves in trouble for prosecution. We would not be able to do our job well. All these are ignored. So at some point, you get to the point where you see the Attorney General get up in front of Congress and say, we're not going to use the um, the Patriot Act. We're not going to use counterterrorism resources to go after parents at school board meetings. And when five days later, you get an email from the assistant director of counterterrorism saying we're going to be going after parents at school board meetings. You that's a light bulb moment for me. So I brought that to Congress directly. I skipped the bureau thing. I skipped the you know, the um, what is it? The office of the inspector general. The, the protocols you've already gone through. Correct. And you have a whole list of them as a whistleblower that you can do. And under five USC uh, 7211, you can literally go directly to Congress. So I did. And that turns out to be kind of a death sentence for your career if you do that. So, well, I, and, I and, and I'm curious too because you mentioned about if you have to use deadly force or use force in a situation. I wonder if the bureau would even treat somebody that they might know their political leanings are to the right differently than maybe somebody to the left. Maybe somebody like Officer Michael Byrd gets a little handshake and an award where somebody else might get the boot and prison time. Kyle Serafin in studio. We'll be right back. A lot of people have asked me why is Infowars store. At InfoWars Life, not at a probiotic for more than three years. And the answer is simple. We only bring you the highest quality to lowest prices. We had a top maker, top certified of probiotics for more than seven years. They got bought by a libtard company and said, we're not doing business with you, Mr. Jones, anymore. Finally, we got a probiotic just as good or better with a top lab that loves our show. We're able to private label it under InfoWars MD as our probiotic formula. So you can get a super high quality probiotic for amazing gut health and more at InfoWarsStore.com for 25% off right now. Now, wherever you get your probiotics, it's something everybody should be doing. But I'm asking you to try our probiotic. I think you're going to have an amazing effect and it funds our entire operation. So get your InfoWars MD probiotic today at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a high quality formula and it keeps us on the air. 
Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. Two of our best-selling nootropics, or brain boosters, are now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. And for a limited time, they're 50% off when you get them together or 40% off when you get them individually. Brain Force Plus and Brain Force Ultra. Two separate formulas. They both give you good, clean energy without the crash. One is a four to six hour good base of clean energy, again, with no hangover or letdown. And the other is a very special proprietary formula. That's Brain Force Ultra that hits really, really quick. And I love it. It wears off in two to three hours. So if I've got to work at night but don't want to stay up all night, I can take it and say nine o'clock at night, I've got to stay up till midnight working, doing a radio interview or something, and boom, or, or, or writing an article or writing a book. And then I get two, three hours of energy, and they can go right to bed after it. Brain Force Ultra, Brain Force Plus, both 50% off by themselves or 40% off individually. A lot of people love these products. They've got five-star reviews. But if you haven't tried them, you really should. 50% off, InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com forward slash show. I'm going to actually start telling Alex that I'm actually just an FBI informant, so he just pays me in cash. That's a, yeah. and, then, and then there's no taxes. In fact, maybe we should all declare ourselves FBI informants and say, I just want paid in cash, no I tax. I told them when, a, when, a, um, when an Iranian reporter came at me, I was like, I reached out to a guy who works counterintelligence against the Iranians. And I was like, come at me. Like, I'll, I'll go talk to them, but I want to get paid my old salary in cash. <laughs> because I was listening for uh, people that don't understand the context deal uh, here. Kyle Serafin was on the Alex Jones show earlier, and you were explaining how a lot of these FBI informants get paid in cash. And hey, that's fine. I have no problem getting paid in cash. I want us all to get paid in cash. But wink, wink, nod, nod, you're going to pay your taxes on this, right? And they do that to protect their identities, make sure there's no paper trail that leads back to them. But at the same time, it gives the federal government the perfect excuse to put their hands up and say, oh, I, I forgot. I don't know anything. I didn't have any informants and nobody knows any better. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody is familiar with this term now. There's a couple of different cop outs that the FBI uses and we've all heard them. So the question is this, which one's going to pop up on the bingo card first? Number one, sources and methods. Now, generally speaking, sources are people, but not always. There's also a thing called technical sources. It's like internet feeds or something like that. Uh, sources is generally like a human being, a human source. But the other possibility is like an exploited phone or an exploited um, satellite, or whatever it may be, or they've, they've gone through and they've got a microphone in your house. So that could be a source. That's a technical source. They protect the technology, and that's why they won't tell you what it is or how it goes on. That's why the Trump thing's going to be so interesting, because they're going oh, yeah. to gonna have to declassify those documents to put them in front of a jury. Okay? I don't think they want to. Here's the problem. Those are all top secret, or at least they're marked top secret, and then they have different secured compartmented information markings, like talent keyholes, one of them. And so if they're going to go out there and do that, that's geo-information that comes from space-based satellites. You're going to have to declassify the information that we got from some very, very sophisticated technology, usually seven figures, sometimes eight figures amounts of money invested in these technologies. And then are you what? Are you burning the capability because you expose it to the enemy? You're going to do that to get the orange man bad? That's a really weird move. That's why most national security prosecutions end up in non-prosecution. So They'll threaten them and they let it go. I'm, I'm curious, since we're getting into the Trump tape, didn't mean to, but there we are. No, no, no. This is good. This is good. I, this is why I hate the breaks, because I love the stream of consciousness. We're just talking in the break, and so we come out of the break, we keep talking. I'm listening to that tape last night, and I actually think that 
they're they're the Democrats or the uh, Justice Department, whoever it is, they're playing this card right now because they're just getting they're just getting smoked. Right. All the Biden whistleblowers, so they got to play this card, distract from that. Now, so I've heard I've heard multiple things, and I, I, I maybe let's just get your take on all these different things. Did Trump know he was being recorded? Is the reason why they were freaking out about um, getting security footage because they really can't prove anything with that audio? I mean, they can guess what is there, but they really can't. I mean, beyond a reasonable doubt, it's not going to work. I agree. And so then there's the aspect, and you could hear it in the tape from last night, Trump obviously wants people to see that document. He's not trying to hide that document. So Right, so what is the document? That's the question, right? That's the number one question. And the number two question is, is what was the situation of the recording? Those are the two questions to me. I've heard both ways. Trump did know. Trump didn't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. And but what we can do is we can speculate a little bit with some in, informed uh, background. All right. And so I'm a skeptic. That's what you do when you're an investigator. You look at things and you go, "What is the possibilities here?" When I hear someone talking in a conversation about emails, that was a, not necessarily a logical leap. But there was a discussion about Hillary Clinton prints these things out. Right. He's rustling through multiple pages. Were those emails? Were those emails of someone from DOD saying, hey, this is what we think we should do. We should look at these plans, click through these links, talk to these briefings. Could it have been emails? Because that made a lot of sense to me when I was listening to it. I just do what my dad used to call theater of the mind. My dad was in radio for a long time. I like that. So you close your eyes and and what do you hear? You hear a man rustling papers, talking about emails, talking about someone else would have printed these things off. This says it right here. This proves my case. Does it prove your case to show maps and battle plans or does it prove your case to show text that somebody was sending you an email saying, I think we should do these things and policy positions? Right. For me, that's the most logical. I don't know if it's true or not, but that made sense. That kind of sounds the same as what I've concluded from listening to. And and I have a little bit because I'm it's my understanding what Trump does is every day there's basically a new file from that day. And it's the stories from that day. It's whatever he worked on from that day. He puts it in a file and he puts it into these boxes. Right. And they took a lot of those boxes. Trump didn't have time to go through any of it. So it it sounds to me like Trump has a news story that's talking about. In fact, I believe the story was from Politico. Maybe you guys can find the story. It was Millie says Trump's going to start us, get us into a war with Iran. Correct. Was the headline. Trump will end us up in a war with Iran. You Millie. swear word there too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it was, but yeah, that it's, was. It's an effing, it's an effing war. Effing war. That's the one. <laughs> and so Trump is like, well, this is the complete opposite of the truth. I didn't want the war. Right. This proves my case. So That's what he do says. you think it's either an email or maybe it is a document or an email that he printed? presidential briefings. Are you familiar with those? Like, he gets a briefing every morning. Yeah. Here's the intelligence updates of the day. Here's and it's like Millie on. saying, hey, uh, because they were mad that he removed us from the Iran deal. That's what angered them. Yep. So so they were trying to they were trying to make him look bad for that. And they said, Trump is going to get us into a war with Iran. And he's got a document where it's Millie yep. who's the one suggesting they get into a war with Iran. Plausible. Highly plausible. Like I said, we don't know the facts, so we're speculating. And that makes sense to me. The second thing is, you heard the audio. Who did it sound like the microphone was on? I guess the writer. It sounded like it was on Trump to me. You I think Trump to, was wearing it? Well, that's what it sounds like. Interesting. I so never thought the, about here's that. Here's the question. What technology generated that recording? I've done mic'd up interviews. I've done surreptitious recordings. Does that sound like a mic? It sounds like a mic on a person. Like a taped up mic? Like you could say like yeah, you're not going to do that. So we use different technologies. We use watches and keychains. Okay, and gotcha, and stuff like gotcha. that. So there's ways that you can do it. Now, some of them are directional. Some of them are better than others. But federal technology is not the most incredible audio recording. The clearest voice in that entire recording was Donald Trump to me. Everyone else sounded like they were background noise. So there's a couple things that could be done. One, was it a FISA? 
did they exploit a microphone on his own phone? Right? Did they have a mic in that room that was you know put there through either a Title Three authority, which would be a wiretap, or through the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance? Is that a possibility? Was it a consensual wire that was being worn by somebody that had come in? But why was it directly? It sounded directional, and that it picked up Trump the clearest and most dominant. And I don't think he was the most dominant voice by volume. I think it was most dominant either by proximity or because it was aimed. So that just brings up a lot of questions to me. How did they get that authority? Was it something that somebody was doing consensually? Or did they exploit, like, let's say they were in a conference room, right? And you got those mics in the center of the room. Yeah, right. To pick up your conference call. Was it were one of those Which can easily compromised? be hacked into. You know, especially if you have the legal authority to do so. Yeah. So, and then you'd have to go back and like, why do they have that? So I just want to know more things about where that recording came from. What circumstances led to it being recorded? And then what the heck was he looking at? Because it's not a smoking gun to release that. It is obviously a good smoke screen for CNN to go out there and do yeah. their exclusive. Well, and, and, and I guess you could even talk about who, who leaked it, right? Is there a crime involved in the leak? Of course, when it's, when it's the Biden stuff, nobody leaks anything. We don't have to comment. It's an ongoing investigation. When it's Trump stuff, leak everything, comment on everything, make it the big story. Yep. So then it becomes an issue of who leaked it. And maybe we should actually listen to that audio on the other side, guys. Because now that I, I didn't really even think about analyzing just the raw sound of it, I didn't really think about that. Maybe we should do that because you might be onto something and, and we can maybe think because to me, he's clearly there with a writer yes. who doubted who doubted his account on the Iran situation with Millie. And he's saying, look, here's the proof right here. And the writer's like, oh, gee, yeah, you're right. And he's like, yeah, see, you didn't believe me. Right. So he uh, Trump wants people to see that document. So if they he's, have to bring it into the hiding. court case. And, and the other thing is this. It's Trump, right? So you look at Trump's actions and you look at his words. They don't always line up. He'll say a lot of things like lock her up. Like a politician, huh? Right? It turns out he said like some a, things like that he didn't do. Like a damn politician. It's just a thing that people do when they're in that Darn situation. it. All right, we got to take another break. Don't go anywhere. Who knows where we'll be in four minutes from now. <laughs> but before we go to break, please remember we're listener supported. We're not subscriber based. We're supported by you buying products at InfoWarsStore.com, and they're excellent. We're selling out of X3. It's our best seller. We have to end the sale because at current sales rates in two weeks, it'll be gone. Try iodine, incredible for your immune system, your electrochemical activity, every cell in the body, it's essential. Without it, without iodine, you die. That's why they're targeting iodine, taking it out of the diet. You need it. They put the bad halogens in to block the iodine and the chlorine, the fluoride, and the bromine. You need this product. It takes about two weeks to kick in on average. Take a few drops a day. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. And it's 25% off. It is your last chance. Discover the power of activated iodine. Try iodine. True nascent. On iodine takes your system just to the next level. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. This broadcast is not for the weak-minded. It's the War Room with Owen Schroyer. Watch the live stream at band.video. All right, we're getting into another interesting angle, so we'll see what happens here. We do have the Trump tape. We may do some live analysis here. But you're talking about um, an interesting agent who's been involved in the Whitmer fake kidnapping, January 6th, moving on to all these things, and then something weird uh, that happened with his career that's not exactly so common that we're talking about right now with Kyle Serafin. 
a uh, little inside baseball here. But I want to I want to just get to what we were talking about right before we went live. I'm watching the Durham hearing last week, mm-hmm. and Durham. I actually happened to know some people that know him well in the uh, their lawyers that were telling me about him, and he, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, keeps his head down, probably has a totally clean record, like, I mean, literally barely even a, probably doesn't even jaywalk type of a person. Sure. And But I'm watching him during the hearings, and I'm realizing, and I'm not trying to be insulting here, but I'm realizing how ignorant Durham is on on major things. Like, like when Adam Schiff whizzes a fastball by you, you're just totally ignorant. And so Adam Schiff is whizzing fastballs by him that Russians hacked the DCCC and Russians gave this to the WikiLeaks. And Durham is just like, wait a second, I, I, I'm not here to talk about WikiLeaks. That's not what I was investigating. Yes. And so Schiff is whizzing these fastballs by him looking like like Schiff is smarter than Durham. That's not the case. Right. But you're getting into this Duantano or D'Antuano situation. It's a bit of an odd name. And it kind of rings true with that, too. I don't think Durham is a bad guy. I think Durham is a good guy who puts blinders on, does his job, and maybe is just kind of ignorant to his political surroundings, either by choice or because he thinks that makes him more effective at his job. But there's a lot of people that are in the system that might not be bad people or corrupt people, but maybe unknowingly are doing things that they don't realize what they're doing. And so you're talking about D'Antuano here uh, and this weird situation with him now leaving the bureaucracy in a way that you've never seen or heard of before it's uncommon so i'll give a quick anecdote to give uh context to what we're talking about uh, i had a colleague worked national security same amount of tenure as me west point grad good guy good human being nice person good father all the things right and um and we're talking in my boss's office in april of 2022 this is one of the fbi offices we're sitting and discussing the hunter biden laptop which is, you know, something you might do. And I'm laughing because it was a Biggie small song that someone had mixed to a bunch of like the drug doing, you know, and the measuring. With and Hunter and the hookers. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. So I'm watching this. Don't you love memes? And, and, and I'm sitting here and I'm telling uh, my boss about it and he's laughing and we're discussing it. And this guy walks in and he goes, oh, what's that? And I explain, oh, that's just from Hunter Biden's laptop. He's like, is this new information? I'm like, what is this? It's like, dude, it's 2022. How do you not know that this has been out there in the public sphere for two years? The FBI had it for three. We didn't hear about it. I heard about it like you did, like through the public. But he didn't know. And so there's a lot of compartmented willful ignorance. I think it's because people are trying to do their job. They're trying to keep their head down. They're trying not to be political. I think uh, Durham is a great example of that sort of thing. I think that he was trying to be fair and balanced. But the problem is, if you're trying to play by the rules and be fair and balanced, when the rules have been thrown out the window, I did a whole podcast called Calvin Ball. You familiar with Calvin Ball? I don't think so. So Calvin and Hobbes is a famous Oh, right. Yeah, that was my favorite growing up. He got sick of playing regular organized sports, so he created Calvin Ball. And that was basically like the only rule to the game was is that every rule has to change every game, except so that everyone always wins. So you, and it's always just different. It was new. And so it could be played with wickets or bat, you know, balls or mallets or whatever. So that's Calvin Ball. That's what they're playing. And Durham is still playing baseball according to you know, the, the rules that are written down have been forever. Steve D'Antuano did something that is very unusual. He was the assistant director of the Washington field office. And as you mentioned, he used to be the special agent in charge of the Detroit field office that ran the Whitmer case. Did he run that thing? No. Did he approve the big stuff on it? Yes. So that's how that works out. It's like I, I mentioned CEO, you know, the, the branch manager is the person that's down there that's actually running the squad. And then you've got your employees that are actually doing the work. So the agents at least would have at some point in time been briefed up to D'Antuano. He also ran the, um, he ran the field office in Washington, D.C. that handled both January 6th, which makes people alerted. Uh, you know, he also was the guy that, gave a final approval on going after Miralago and, and doing that raid. And then, interestingly enough, they named a successor to him, and he retired from that job. 
Now, when you're the assistant director of the Washington field office, there's three big jobs where you know you are going to go somewhere further in the bureau. If you make it to the top of New York's field office, if you make it to the top of Washington, D.C., or if you make it to the top of Los Angeles, those are all assistant director jobs. That's like the launch platform you want to get. That's rocket fuel. Yeah, you are on the platform to launch into the stratosphere. You will be on the seventh floor almost exclusively. That is the case. Very few people are going to walk away from those jobs and not move further on in the bureau. And he didn't. So the question is why? And I don't know the answer to that, by the way. I'm just asking the question because it's weird. And people in the bureau know it's weird. But if you don't work for the FBI, you wouldn't know that. And you were saying there was a buzz. Yeah, because because he, he, they named his successor, which also never happens. The standard move is when you retire from the bureau, especially one of those higher level jobs, special agent in charge, assistant director jobs, what happens is they will let you retire. They will let someone come in in the interim and they will be called an acting. They will be the acting assistant director, acting special agent in charge, whatever. It gives somebody another leadership opportunity right? It allows someone to try that job on and they pick somebody out of their kind of small field to try it. And then they decide whether or not they're going to confirm them in that role. That didn't happen. His successor was named in advance. That's strange. And now we're seeing, and he's gone into the private sector and he works for KPMG, which is a big accounting firm. And he's an accountant, but probably hasn't done accounting in 20 years because he was an FBI agent, right? So that's not very common. Now he's coming forward and saying, by the way, uh, the pipe bombs were not legit. They were not actual functional explosive devices. Uh, by the way, one of I, many oddities and things that make no sense with those. Correct. And then the second thing is, is that he came out and said, you know, I didn't approve. I thought it was a bad idea to go and raid Mar-a-Lago. In fact, I suggested that we get consent, which by the way, that is the right move. He's saying the correct thing. Why did the guy who was at the top of the food chain in that field office not have the final say on what the actual operational decision was? Why was someone below him making that call? That's weird. These things should be addressed. These are the things that the weaponization committee should be hearing. Mm-hmm. And we, we put it to him as best we can. Like me and my little band of whistleblowers, we call ourselves the suspendables, kind of like the Sly Stallone movie, right? Uh, we got suspended forever from our jobs and the suspendables are pushing this stuff forward. We're, we're, we're prominent in that report, by the way. Uh, you guys are probably responsible for this report. A big chunk of it. Yeah, I read that when it came out and, you know, Stuff like that. So we're oh, that's the CISA one. So we were in the first one big time. And this one I haven't read yet. I know it just dropped. Just out. came out. Yeah. So but end of the day, we're out there giving this information. And so you go, what what is going on in the bureau? These are the people you should be asking. They said, hey, do you have a, a like a hit list or a dream list of interviews? And the answer is yes. The question is, would you let us come in here and write some of your questions for you? And that hasn't happened yet. But people like Matt Gates are actually receptive to what we're saying. They're saying, who are the people we should be talking to? What do we ask them? And what are the bureau policies that are actually in play? Because they don't know the policies. We used to live under them. Me and my buddies did. So that's that's the value we're trying to bring to America. So I, I do want to get your analysis on the Trump tape. But l- let me ask you this. Yep. So Christopher Ray comes out and says they can't unmask the Biden whistleblower because they're afraid for his life. Do you believe that's true? I believe that is a canned answer because he gave the same canned answers. It's going to be one of the two on the big no card. Ongoing investigation, sources and method. That's what he said. He gave you both actually in one sentence when he said that. So, so no, I don't believe him. Like when here's here you want to, you want to hear Chris Ray's tell because I used to play poker. His tell is when he says uh, full stop. He that, says that that's that's what that's you a, know. That's false. So, so, so it's like false. when Biden says. I ain't lying or what is Biden? Correct. Yes. Biden. He says, uh, not, not joking or, um, you know, not gonna, you know, what he's, what I forget. He's always got the one that he says, it's not, I'm not kidding you. Or I'm not, I'm not lying to you or something like that. Correct. Whenever Biden's is very, very obvious. It's like an old person tell yeah. Chris raises a little bit more sophisticated when he says full stop. Uh, we kind of go like, okay, we've sort of landed on that. Me and five other guys that worked in the bureau are like, mm. when he says those things, those are not, those are not genuine statements. So why, so what do you think the reason is 
because to me it would be, yeah, you don't want to unmask your informant for obvious reasons. But right. okay, what do you think's really going on? And I, I guess let me let me rephrase that. We're about to go to break, of course, because I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, I I could see from Ray's standpoint, if I'm giving Ray the benefit of the doubt, well, maybe he doesn't trust members of Congress. Maybe he's curious that there's people in, in Congress that he doesn't trust. Before the break, comment on that. Ray made $9.2 million a year before he became the FBI director. He makes $235,000 a year right now. Why would you do that move? That's number one. Number two. Well, he loves the country. He obviously. loves the country so much. The second thing, and probably the most important thing is this. The FBI <laughs> is an intelligence agency first. Intelligence agencies do not give up their information for free. They fight FOIA. They fight uh, any kind of disclosure. So everything that they do when it comes to transparency is antithetical to the type of work they do. So you're not buying the notion that maybe Ray is distrusting of members of Congress that are looking into this? No, I think that he's defending the Bureau because that's what he works for right now. That's his job. That's where he's in place to do. All right, Kyle Serafin is my guest. Let's, let's also let people know where they can find your podcast as well on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, is a historic book that documents the globalists in their own words plan for our future. That is a hellish future. Now, you'll be always, while they still allow books, I guess, they're starting to ban them, be able to get an unsigned copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World at bookstores, Amazon, or InfoWarsTore.com. But you will never be able to get another signed copy of the book after the signed copies we got run out. And there's about a 1,000 left of them right now. So get your copy of The Great Reset and the War for the World, a signed copy at InfoWarsTore.com. And there is a markup there because this is a fundraiser to keep us on the air. So you won't just have this historic memento and this powerful book. You'll also know that you help keep InfoWars on the air. I'm going to thank those of you that have gotten signed copies of the book or unsigned copies. But I want to encourage all of you who haven't yet to go to InfoWarsTore.com and get a signed copy and buy a couple of unsigned copies and donate to the library or Give them to the local school. This is an info war. I'm counting on you, and thank you for your support. We have three original, one-of-a-kind toothpaste designed by my father, a dentist, at InfoWarsStore.com that don't have fillers. They're filled with high-quality essential oils and more. We have the turmeric toothpaste. We have the ultimate tooth whitening with coral calcium toothpaste, and we have the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste, again, with a whole bunch of key essential oils that are so good, not just for your teeth and your gums, but your whole mouth, your throat, and more. These are really game-changing toothpaste. They're very, very strong. Most over-the-counter toothpaste have fluoride. Ours don't. And it doesn't have fillers in it. It is just chocked full of incredible things that God gave us through Mother Nature. So, it's now back in stock. It became a bestseller. The turmeric toothpaste is available again at InfoWarsStore.com. We're selling out of the tooth whitening toothpaste. We've got some of that left. And we also have some of the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste in stock, but it's running out as well. So all three toothpaste in stock for a limited time, InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. All right, we got big news that we're about to break. In fact, let me just make sure. How, how long can you stay? As long as you need. This is just great. We're gonna, we've got some big news that we're going to have. Uh, Kyle's about to break some big news here. I'm, I'm really excited about what he's doing because really, in a way, you're groundbreaking in that you have paved a, a way here. You've opened the doors, built the staircase, if you will, for other whistleblowers to have the confidence and the ways and means to come forward. And I think as well, you finally got the allies in Congress. You mentioned Matt Gates and others 
that are that are helping with this as well. So I want to just tease. We'll get more into that later. Uh, quickly, though, tell people where they can find your podcast, and then let's get into the Trump case. But uh, but tell people where they can find your podcast. All right. So we do uh, live Rumble. We do it uh, rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. So it's just my full name. Uh, they can find it usually on, on Twitter as well. We, we, we tease out all the links on there. And then you can go to Apple or Spotify or iHeartRadio or you name it, whatever. Like anything, it's the Kyle Serafin show. So if you type in my name, you'll find me pretty much everywhere for that. Have you had um, Agent Friend on with you? Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, we do a segment regularly called Friendly oh. Fridays where I bring him on weekly. Okay, good, good. I Actually, actually talked it into his contract. So he's, he's getting, getting paid by a company or a group called the Center for Renewing America. And one of his jobs is to do media. And I said, um, he's got to get it all pre-approved. Right. He's got to go and like run it through his publicist and all that. Is that because that's a 501C? Correct. OK. And I said, uh, I said, what about me? He goes, no, no, you have a blanket approval. I can always go on the Kyle Serafin show. And I said, well, you've, got the, you've got the grandfather. I've clause. got the grandfather clause. So I said, let's uh, let's do that. Let's make you part of our regular thing. So it's actually part of his job to show up and talk to my, my audience as well. So we get his takes. And the fun thing about Steve is this, because I never met Steve when we worked in the bureau together. You know, we worked at the same time, but not together, if that makes sense. That's just, there's so many agents, you just never crossed paths. Yeah, there's past. like almost 14,000. So like, you know, he was in, he was in Nebraska and then he was in Florida and I was in Washington, DC. And I went to 20 different field offices doing There's surveillance. no big FBI conference where all you guys come nah, and hang yeah, out yeah, like, the, yeah, like the ice cream social. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen. That. Doesn't happen. Uh, if you happen to be- You have an ice cream thing. cone, there's a microphone in it. You're like all trying to get dirt on one another. That's right. So here's what's funny. Actually, I found out Steve was at the FBI Academy doing SWAT training when I was going through to become a new agent, we had a, you know, an offset of a, you know, like two years. So anyway, Steve is, is that guy. And uh, one of the things I like most about Steve is he's very, he's very minute in his details and his focus. And he's very like laser focused on things like policy procedure. And he's very accurate about those things. And I'm sort of a more of a big picture guy. And it suits us because he worked in two small field offices where he got to see very specific application and a lot of reps of criminal prosecution. So very complimentary there. It turns out it's like, it's, and then here's the thing. Our names were revealed in public the same day with no coordination. His name was dropped by Miranda Devine the same day that Dan Bongino started teasing out my name. So we both went public without knowing each other at the same time. So that wasn't even coordinated. Not at all. I found his phone number 12 hours after he went public. I had people like on it. I was like, give me that guy's cell phone number. I call him and I was almost in tears. And, uh, and I said, I don't know you. I don't know. You're not alone. That's it. I just want one guy to have my back. And I told him, I was like any door, whether metaphorical or literal that you want to go through anywhere in this world, I got you. I, well, I'll be and, your number two. And there might be some more people coming forward as well with the big news that we're going to talk about coming up. But let's play the Trump tape. Let's get let's get a live. I, have you done this live before? What's that? Listen to it? Yeah. No. So this is an exclusive. We got an exclusive for you. Kyle Serafin going to give a live breakdown, myself as well, here of the Trump tape. So again, this gets leaked to CNN. Oh, what a coincidence. CNN gets the leak. Just like they knew Roger Stone was going to get the guns drawn raid at 4 a.m. in the morning. I'm sure it's all just a coincidence. Nothing suspicious there at all. Nothing it's, bad about giving out like uh, ongoing prosecution. Well, as long as it's in a Trump. That's correct. As long as it's into Trump. You're if correct. it's into Biden, this is an ongoing investigation. We can't comment. Accurate. If it's into Trump here, what do you guys want to see? We'll give it to you. So here's the leaked audio given to CNN, aired last night, right after a brand new Biden whistleblower comes out. CNN, they've probably had this for years, folks. But but here it is. Let's get the live Kyle Serafin analysis. By the way, um, if you want to pause it, just say, hey, let's pause it right here. The crew will pause it and you can comment. So well, I'm going to give you. Yeah, let me let me prep the listener to listen for this. Go ahead. I want you to listen to the quality of the microphone. We have to decide whether or not it was boosted audio specifically of Trump, although everybody in the room is relevant, or whether it was a directional microphone that is somehow either closer in proximity to Trump, on Trump, 
or aimed at Trump in some specific way. So I want you to listen to the quality of the audio and the volume. So let me ask you this then, technically speaking, uh, for context, omnidirectional mic means it can record from all directions. Directional mic means it's just one direction. It's kind of like this microphone is right at my mouth, yep. but this has different settings. There's but a cone get, of capture for yeah, people to understand. Just so people understand. So this is significant because are, for you, does this mean, okay, it's either coming from a phone or it's coming from a recording device? Like, how do you, is that how you identify? That's what I'm listening for. Okay. And I don't know the answer. We don't know the answer. What we know is that there's some clues in the way that it picks up. But listen to the highest quality audio, the most direct capture, and then we have to ask the questions right after that. All right, so you're going to be in editorial control now. If you want to pause it, just say pause. The crew will pause it and then play it when you're ready. Here's the leaked Trump tape. These are bad, sick people. That, but, was, that was your coup, you know, against you. That's well, it started they, right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a coup. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Millie, trying to overthrow yeah. your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that... Pause it right there. I wanted to... So what we're hearing is shuffling papers which is not going to be the loudest sound in the room. We're hearing the most dominant voice is Trump. We're hearing it in the earpiece. It's not nearly as clear as when you hear it in stereo. But when you hear it in stereo, what you can tell is, is that the most dominant voice of all these things is Trump. So we have to know, did they boost it? We're hearing the papers are very, very prominent, which insinuates at least the possibility that the microphone is either pointed at or is closest to Donald Trump. So my questions are the following. Is it a Title III? Did they use what are wiretap statues? This is a criminal investigation possibility. Is it a FISA? that they're using? Did they exploit a microphone? Did they place a microphone? Are they using an existing microphone there? Or did somebody come in with what's called one-party consent? And he was in Bedminster, right? So that's in New Jersey. You can do that in, in Bedminster and in Texas as well. Even on private property? For sure, 100%. So one-party consent is the rule. And so that means that you could be wearing a recording device. As long as the recording device captures a, a conversation that you are party to as one of the parties. If I'm recording you, for example, I could do that. Because you don't have to know, I know, and we're both talking. But if I come and I put it in a conversation that I'm not part of, I leave it. You Meaning you're not talking. I, I drop it on the, let's say I have a keychain, all right? Or I have a credit card that has a recording in it. And I drop it on your desk and I leave the room. They have that credit card recorder? Sure, yeah, or, or that size, right? Speaking of this credit card, speaking of this wallet. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what the hell? Okay. Yeah, and sometimes it's the best way to get those things done. You can put them in a pocket. You can yeah. put them into like a folder. You know, you might put it in a folder. It looks like a business card or something to that effect. So there are, there's all kinds of different technologies. And, you know, they, they wire in cameras and different things. Like anything you've seen in a spy, a lot of these things you can buy commercially. They're not just for federal government use by any means. But let's say I were to drop that in on you and your producer and then I walk out. Well, now I'm doing a zero party consent because you didn't consent to be recorded and neither did he. So nobody knows it's being consent. So in this case, it could be a legal one-party consent, but that means you have a human informant. So that's the question for me. So how human about source this then? or is it electronic? So before we go back to the tape, because to me, as I'm listening to, you're right, the papers actually seem to be picking up the most clear sound. So could it be a situation where, let's say Trump has his phone on the desk like this, yep. and he's just shuffling around. 100%. And it's just like this, because when you hear it, I think you can tell there's the least amount of echo when Trump is talking. Yes. So that means it's at least pointed at Trump or the closest to Trump. Agreed. It seems like the sound is actually, the, the it's picking up the paper sound louder than anything else, making me think it's sitting on a desk. Yep. I don't know why that's relevant. I just know that these are the questions that I have. We talked about the idea of theater of the mind, and that's what I'm looking at. I close my eyes. I listen to the recording. What do I see when I'm hearing? All right. And this is old school radio stuff. That's the way I actually grew up. I grew up listening to overnight radio. So it's kind of funny that, that that's part of the game. But you wonder, is it closest to those papers? Is that relevant at all? I don't know. And there are technologies that we can use, we being the, the federal government, to exploit telephones, 
Your, your, you can just tap into my t- phone sitting on the so, desk. So like we can all imagine it. Well, th- those are those are Israeli spyware technologies that exist, right? They're made uh, by a company. Uh, it's a three letter acronym. It starts with N. I, your your producers can probably look it up. And and they create two different um, technology suites. One of them is for non US based phones. It's called Pegasus. It was a big right. break, and they they talked about it in Wired magazine. Was that Snowden that somebody no, this released post Snowden? As far as I recall, was it WikiLeaks? Somebody leaked the whole Pegasus. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I know Bongino covered it. On, I was on his show on Fox talking about it at one point. But it's it's old technology. It's been there since like 2014, 2015. So I think it it's after Snowden, but it's it's an Israeli technology. But then here's the other thing: they created one for just domestic U.S. based phones, and that's called Phantom. And so everybody's this. The government is good at this. You talk about what are they going? Why are they not showing this information? They're really big on the laser pointer theory. And the laser pointer is this: you ever seen a cat chase a laser pointer on the ground? Right? You put the laser, and the dot goes over there. Where's the dot coming from? It comes from your hand. But what's the cat attacking? The carpet. So it, it pounces on this dot. Then you move it over here. It pounces on the dot. It's never going to get the thing because the originating source is far away. Federal government's big on that sleight of hand type stuff. They love it. It's like, oh, like Pegasus. Oh, yeah, get outraged. End of the day, did you ever use Pegasus under oath? Direct, director of the FBI. No, we never used that. Why? Because it doesn't actually work for U.S.-based phones. Jim, Jim Clapper, we never wittingly spy on the people. Correct. It's all about word games. This is an attorney. This is a guy who says certain things very specifically. Well, and as well, we're about to have a short break here. Is it also one of those instances where, because this is what they did to Trump originally, Oh, we're it's NSO, not. And your, your folks brought it up. It's NSO is the name of the group. They're an Israeli spyware company. It's a cyber tool. It's a cyber warfare tool. We're not spying on Donald Trump. Oh, it's is Israel spying on Donald Trump. And then we just exchanged information with Israel. Correct. And that's how they get around all these different laws. 100%. So we're about to take another break. This is a short break. We'll be right back on the other side with Kyle Serafin. We're breaking down the Trump tape and getting his expert analysis, what he thinks is going on. I think we both concur, though. It sounds like a mic is on the desk closest to trump and the papers seem to be making the most noise but before we go to break please remember we're listener supported we're not subscriber based we're supported by you buying products at infowarstore.com and they're excellent we're selling out of x3 it's our best seller we have to end the sale because the current sales rates in two weeks it'll be gone try iodine incredible for your immune system your electrochemical activity every cell in the body it's essential without it without iodine you die that's why they're targeting iodine taking it out of the diet you need it. They put the bad halogens in to block the iodine and the chlorine, the fluoride, and the bromine. You need this product. It takes about two weeks to kick in on average. Take a few drops a day. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. And it's 25% off. It is your last chance. Discover the power of activated iodine. Try iodine. True nascent. On iodine takes your system just to the next level. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. The fight for the future is now. This is The War Room with Owen Schroyer. Watch the live stream at band.video. We're breaking down the leaked Trump tape, which isn't the leaking of it a crime in and of itself? Potentially. But it was probably leaked by a Democrat, so we all know how that goes. It's hard to say whether it's the FBI that's doing this kind of stuff or whether it's DOJ. My instinct leans towards DOJ. There's much, uh, I have much less faith in what they do compared to what the Bureau does. That's not to say the Bureau doesn't have its problems. It does, clearly, which we can see. But uh, sort of the out-and-out destruction, because that could potentially compromise your case. And so people tend to be a little bit more... The other thing is this. There's a thing called Giglio material. You familiar with this? No. Supreme Court decision goes back uh, 40, 50 years now, maybe. And what it says is, if you've ever done something 
that's, that's been documented that would discredit your testimony, you no longer can like testify. Like leaking evidence or leaking an investigation? Or lied under oath or done anything yeah, yeah. to that effect. Setting so, up, framing somebody. Right, or receive money from a Russian or from an Albanian like uh, Charles McGonagall. Like when you've done something like that, it permanently impugns your honor. And then w- before you can testify again, you have to give that to the defense. And so the idea that you would have Giglio material is actually, it, it ends your career. You know, you're no longer functional as a federal agent. So if it is somebody, it's going to be like an admin or a support type person or somebody who's an administrator that's, you know, gone far enough up that they're never going to testify again. It's just, you know, you start playing the odds. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, and, and, and I do want to play the odds with you. We'll finish the tape. But it's funny because I just have a weird feeling nobody's going to de- be demanding an investigation or finding out who leaked the tape which you'd think would be a bigger story. Where was the Dobbs decision? Who, who leaked that? We should be able to find that. Oh, out. yeah. Like oh, they people. know. You know, it's, it's just like, but see, they don't have to be called in for hearings. Right. That's not anything. But, you know, if, if Trump farted on like a kitten or something, you know, they'd have to have a full on investigation. We've got kitten protection laws in this country. We've got to go after. Yeah, we Trump chemically interstate, bombed a, a interstate <laughs> kit, uh, kitten protection. It, it, Trump actually, he chemically bombed a, a litter of kittens, folks. We have it on tape. But let's go back. Seriously, let's go back to this Trump tape. We're doing analysis here with Kyle Serafin. Uh, guys, play uh, where we left it off. Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. So we'll pause it right there. And, and what he's saying, right, he's saying um, we're looking at something. We don't know what they're looking at. But to me, it could either be – it was presented to me, right? He says it was presented to me by the Department of um, Defense. So was Trump presented and is he breaking out like maps? Is he unfurling a battle plan here? Because that's what the allegation sort of is. Yeah. Or is he looking at emails that said, hey, we think you should do this. Like, or just a briefing, briefing that somebody brought. He says they brought, someone just sits a briefing on his desk. Right. It happens here all the time. Somebody sits a news story on my desk. Correct. And that doesn't necessarily, even though it may have information in it. And, and Bongino, actually, we talked about Dan Bongino, who's a friend of mine now and has been really supportive of what we've been doing. Bongino breaks it out in his podcast today, which people could listen to and find out that what he says is it's really important. You could show somebody something like I could I could say, you see this and you go, oh, yeah. And what did you see? You saw there was a piece of paper and there was a photo. It's the quarter test. Could you tell me? Yeah, exactly right. Could you tell me what numbers were on here? Could you actually do anything? So did you did you look at it or did you just see it? And so did you digest that information? It's really relevant. I think whether or not these people saw he's like, hey, look at this thing. So we don't even know what's going on in the background there. And he's ruffling papers. Obviously, the recording closest to him. It sounds like those people have some distance. They're not like in his pocket. Right. Because we have different audio levels. We know there's some distance. And there's nothing really blocking the microphone either. The microphone is out like open room. Yeah. Uh, Once again, theater of the mind type stuff. But uh, end of the day, I the question is always going to be this. What did they see? What was he showing? Do they have proof of that beyond a reasonable doubt? Can you show that this was a battle plan or that was something that was classified? And then, you know, Trump also is kind of a cloud guy. He kind of says some things and it's all about how does it sound and look and, you know, it's very, very good. And all the he's a he's a superlative hyperbole tied to do. That's what Trump does. So the idea that he is talking about something, um, you know, saying it's classified or secretive or hasn't been declassified because it adds some exclusivity to talking to Trump, kind of what he does in a charming way. Some people find it very off-putting. I find it neutral. It's like, I just know that that's a thing that he does. And and so here's their big problem. And I want to get on, into this on the other side of the break, because I think I, I think I know what their big problem is, but I want to hear if, if, if you agree. So again, though, 
This is just audio. We don't know what the document is. We don't know who's seeing the document. We don't. I mean, so it's a bunch of we don't know. Yep. And this is a big problem. So why would they release this audio tape? Well, we've identified that it's to distract from the Biden whistleblowers. But there's some other angles we'll get into with Kyle Serafin. Don't go anywhere. Short break. Short break. Don't go anywhere. we mentioned this in the break because I'm saying, why are the Fed so desperate for this tape? But you're reminding me, the audio recording comes from Bedminster. That's in New Jersey. The security footage they were desperate to get was from Mar-a-Lago. So briefly, before we go back to the tape here, explain why you think they were so desperate for the security footage from Mar-a-Lago. I think it was embarrassing. I think it was highly embarrassing. So the, the story is, and we haven't had strong confirmation, but it's been sort of loosely reported, was that the FBI used the hostage rescue team and, and elements of the Miami SWAT team to go in and secure Miralago. Now, when everyone, uh, if they've never had a search warrant at their house, which is probably good, uh, what happens is, is there's a knock and then you send in a tactical team. If you are doing a SWAT search, uh, a SWAT arrest, they will come in and they will hold this, the physical space by running guys in with rifles that are wearing military looking uniforms, helmets, comms, the whole deal. So you're not bangs. moving, you're not doing anything, hiding anything. Yeah, yeah. They're going to come in and they're going to make sure that place is physically safe. And then once that is physically uh, secured, then they send in a search team. And those are the people you might see that are wearing the raid jackets and wearing the khaki pants and all that kind of deal, right? So there's two different elements when you have a tactical search team come in and do that security. I think that there's a possibility and that, you know, my buddy keeps agitating. He's like, hey, can you get those those Trump tapes and maybe you and Steve Friend could do a tactical breakdown of when they broke policy, when they look like fools, when they, you know, flag each other, whatever may have happened. Or when they now, here's the thing. plant evidence. So know. so HRT is incredibly good at what they do. And I, I will not impugn the capabilities of them. I don't think they made tactical errors. There's a very low probability of that. However, what you would have is the optic of men that are basically rolling in to like ballrooms that have, you know, um, nice floors. And, and when you do searches like this, you're usually going into horrible places, like where the walls are crawling with roaches. Like and houses like. that are going to be condemned afterwards. Correct. Like I've gone up stairs that we didn't let anybody who weighed more than 200 pounds up the stairs because you could see daylight through the stairwell because it was, you know, ripped apart and the floors were falling. You've got a beautiful place in Miralago. You've got this place where they hold ballrooms. They've got, you know, crystal chandeliers and you're going to have people live in there, members hanging out. Correct. And you're going to send these dudes into that. That would look very embarrassing to me. And you make the, you know, the, the kind of statement. It looks like maybe a uh, Pablo Escobar scenario kind of deal. But also it just looks absurd because it's American soil and you're sending in this tactical team and the Secret Service guards that place on the regular. That would be an embarrassment, I would think, from the Bureau standard. That's why you'd want those. I think Trump is concerned and maybe... This is an outlier, but this is why the video evidence would be so key. Maybe Trump's concerned they planted evidence. Maybe Trump's concerned they framed him. Well, and we saw pictures, and I don't, I've never seen anybody do anything to that effect. You know, I would, I would never make that allegation because it's outside of my experience range. So I think that would be a low probability, but I can't rule anything out. Possibilities exist, but not probable to me. But what we did see was, you know, they have some of these pictures where things are all splayed out. They splayed those things out on the floor. 
like, the highly confidential things. They correct. took the picture. And, and none of those things are highly confidential. Those are all what are called cover sheets. Those were splayed out on my desk when I worked at the Washington field office working counterintelligence. They were on my desk because there's nothing classified about having a document that says classified. It's just optics. It, it literally tells you that the thing underneath it is supposed to be classified. I could go back here, you take out a cardboard out. box, put it on the ground and say, look, documents. Correct. And so did they, did they do these things like the hero shot when you see them do like a raid, um, you know, on a, on a highway patrol like a trophy deal? Yeah. Exactly. Everyone yeah. stands out there like real tough and, you know, they've got this thing going we got on. The document. Yeah. Yeah. Look at all the, do- we got dope and we got guns, we got documents, <laughs> we got boxes. That's what it looked like to me. And yeah. so like how much of that was staged, how much time went into that staging, that would be embarrassing to see. Um, how much money? I mean, geez. Well, here's the other thing that's really absurd. We talked about Steve D'Antuano. They flew a search team from Washington field office, from my old office down to Miami, a place where they have plenty of FBI agents. How, how much, how many members would usually be on a team like that? It depends on the size of the facility. I mean, they might recruit 20, they might recruit 30. I th- my understanding was it was like 20 or 30 people. Not a cheap tab. No, they, they send them all down their commercial. So it doesn't cost a ton of money. The bureau's got, okay. unlimited, the, the bureau writes its own checks, right? It's an $11 billion a year federal agency. So they don't care. They're not trying to like run it like a business like you are. They don't care about the cost. And the funny thing is this. Miami is the fifth biggest field office, if memory serves. It's one of the five biggest field offices in the Bureau. They've got literally probably close to 1,000 FBI agents. Maybe they have 800, 700, something like that. Washington Field has slightly more. You flew agents from one place to another. Why? Generally, what we do is we cut what's called a lead. I send a lead down to you. You work in Miami. You get the lead. Okay, we're serving a search warrant. Okay, make sure you send me the, you know, the document. Send me the, uh, the different attachments that I'm going to have, attachment A and B. It tells me where I'm going and what's going to be there and what I'm looking for. And then they go serve the search warrant. It's totally irrelevant. Every agent, in theory, can substitute the job of every other agent. They've That's, all been trained to do the proper raid. The interviews and can the be protocols. done by anybody. The, yeah. uh, the, the evidence collection can be done by anybody. And they have special teams that are called evidence response teams, ERT. And they send those people to go do that. So everything is done by the book. And they're trained all over the fields. You know, there's 56 field offices. They all get the same training. So it's in other words, it's odd. It's that, very odd. That they flew this team down there. Yeah, this is, this is, this is defense If you're doing an oversight investigation, that would be a red flag. If I'm doing defense for Trump, I'm going to say... Did you fly down from from um, Washington field office to Miralago to conduct the search warrant? Yes. Have you ever done that in any case before? No. Is it common in your experience to have people come in and fly in from another area to go conduct a search? No. Why did you do it then? Because that's the real question. And what type of paperwork would there be? I mean, certainly yeah, somebody a, said, here's why a, we're doing this. Maybe not, but there would be an operational. They would basically lay it out in what's called an ops plan, which is called the FD Federal Document 888. Um, and they would look at that and it would say who the personnel are that are going to do the search. And then, you know, you have someone like Steve D'Antuano would sign off on that. So why? Why did they they break what is normal protocol for any other investigation? And I get it. It's a sensitive matter because it's the former president. So maybe that's the justification. And and maybe that's really easy. And then afterwards, or maybe it's not. And then afterwards, uh, D'Antuano was out. Right. After that. Not long after. Interesting. All right, let's finish up the rest of this uh, Trump tape here. We've done a really Sarah. good job stretching this audio. It's two minutes oh, of we'll audio. We'll turn this thing into an hour, baby. <laughs> we'll milk this thing for all it's worth. We're, I'm not as bad as CNN, but we can compete with them. All right, here, go ahead. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm-hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. Yeah. Look, look at this. You attack. And now, here's what's interesting to hear about this to me. I pause it real quick. Because, again, th- th- there's just so much opening here. They're laughing. They're cordial. 
it could have already been declassified. Well, moreover, um, you'll get emails that are Mark's top secret, right? But that's only because one line in there or one piece of information has to be secret, right? Not the whole body of So email. there's a thing, the, the, the way the federal government works, anyone who's never held a security clearance is going to be totally foreign to you. So I'll break it down really easily. There's a top line banner that tells you the overall classification of the document, all right? And that will be the highest level classified piece in there will give you the top level banner. So top secret, secret, no foreign, which means no foreign governments can see it or no foreign intelligence services can be shared. You know, they'll have this, this level. And then there's these dissemination codes. So who you can share it with. It'll say five eyes. That means you can share it with our five eyes partners. It'll say no foreign. That means nobody. It'll say um, like what they'll say, like rel, whatever. There's these things who you can release to, who you have to coordinate with to, to release the information. So all these little technical pieces. And then underneath the actual body of a document, when it has you know written form, and we're looking at the, uh, you know, the CNN version of this thing where it's showing like the, each line, there'll be what they call portion marks. And that means that portion, that paragraph or that segment has a specific classification. Most of the time, it's unclassified. Most secret documents are unclassified in the majority with one small piece or some small pieces, unless it's all transcription from a FISA, let's say. So, so in other words, he could have he could have seven page document in front of him and the only thing classified could be on page seven. Correct. And he never even flips through it. Correct. And, and moreover, it's like he, you can hear how fast he's slipping through these things. Are they really are they really looking at these things for content or are they just seeing that they're, you know, text and whatever else? There could be a graphic on there. Some of those things may be classified. Some may not be. So it's worth noting they're going to have to establish that these people that he was exposing it. But the, the indictment doesn't actually say that he exposed this stuff. This is all show because the indictment said that he improperly retained those documents. And this is their so the charges proof. aren't that he showed it to somebody. Correct. Illegally. So why is this a relevant document other than to say he actually did retain it and he had it? They're trying to smear him publicly with this with this uh, audio. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's not part of the charges. And, and, and they don't even know. Again, they don't even know. I guess they really don't even know if this is the document in question. They're just assuming it is. Well, we don't know how much. Is there, is there a video that goes with this thing? I don't. Well, I don't think there is. If there was, I think they'd release that, too. Well, that would that would reveal their source. If they had the video? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the audio doesn't necessarily reveal their source. All right, we'll be right back. Let's get into the big news. We could extend this Trump tape out for days, probably. <laughs> Let's get into the big news with Kyle Serafin on the other side of this. Folks, there's hope for this country. There's good people rising up. Don't go anywhere. In the short time we have, I can't get into all the incredible ingredients and super female vitality. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, read about the ingredients, look them up for yourself, and then understand this is cold-pressed herbs, so it has a more powerful effect in the body. Get yours today at InfoWarsStore.com for 50% off. Super Mel Vitality is selling out. It's an incredible formula for stamina, energy, libido. Only a few hundred bottles left. But the good news is we have several thousand bottles left of Super Female Vitality. That's the same formula. It boosts men. It boosts women. It works great. But women like pink labels. Men like different color labels. So it works for men as well. It's the same formula. It's an incredible formula. And it funds our operation. And here's another important part of the overall information it's 50 percent off for a limited time so get your super female vitality for men and women at infowarstore.com right now for 50 percent off and it funds the infowar super female vitality 50 percent off for a limited time at infowarstore.com a lot of people have asked me why is infowarstore and infowars life not had a probiotic for more than three years and the answer is simple we only bring you the highest quality to lowest prices we had a top maker, top certified of probiotics for more than seven years. They got bought by a libtard company and said, we're not doing business with you, Mr. Jones, anymore. 
Finally, we got a probiotic just as good or better with a top lab that loves our show. We're able to private label it under InfoWars MD as our probiotic formula. So you can get a super high quality probiotic for amazing gut health and more at InfoWarsStore.com for 25% off right now. Now, wherever you get your probiotics is something everybody should be doing. But I'm asking you to try our probiotic because I think you're going to have an amazing effect and it funds our entire operation. So get your InfoWars MD probiotic today at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a high quality formula and it keeps on the air. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, we're having a great time here in studio with Kyle Serafin. And I want to talk about your next big project. And really, I know you're not in this for fortune or fame, but I think your name needs to be a household name. Joe Biden would never give you a, 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 an award or a medal or anything. You probably deserve one. But <laughs> you're working on something now that is the next level of helping FBI whistleblowers come forward, helping Congress engage in proper oversight. And really, you've already had a successful fundraising campaign for this, but you haven't announced your plans for this. So why don't you make this announcement? You're just deciding to do this. You've just announced this. Uh, today is going to be the first time you said you're going to go public. Uh, this, this is big news, folks. This is the type of stuff that builds the foundations of a free republic once again. So it's totally accidental, number one. Um, I saw a need, which was that I have two friends now, a guy named Marcus Allen, a guy named uh, Garrett O'Boyle. Those are both former FBI uh, agent. And, and O'Boyle had one of the greatest clips of all time. If you dissent from this government, the government will crush you. Garrett is an awesome human being. And he looks like he's this big guy. He's like six foot two and 275. He's got that big beard. I used to call him our resident Dothraki. If people watch Game of Thrones, they know what I'm talking about. I mean, he looks like a freaking insurgent. And he's very, very thoughtful. And he's very methodical. And he's a war veteran. And he was a local police officer. And he's the kind of guy that I signed up to work with in the FBI. And he and I connected in October, maybe of 21. So we've been talking for maybe two years now and change. And Garrett's family hasn't had a paycheck since he got crushed out. There's Garrett on the screen there. Um, Garrett's an awesome human being. And I, I wanted to do something for these guys. It's really hard to ask for people to give you money, I find. Like for me, I don't want people to give me money. It makes me uncomfortable. But I can ask for money for my friends. And I can ask for money for people I've never met. That's easy if, they're, if the mission is good. So we went out on Give, Send, Go, and Americans opened their hearts and their wallets, and we raised about $560,000 for Garrett and Marcus' family. We put the clip of him up there. People came out. We had like 11,000 donors. It's it, truly amazing. And that was maybe some of the most important whistleblower testimony from the FBI agents, I would say, in the history of the country. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And here's the thing. They're honest. And, you know, there's these like great memes of him like talking and, you know, they've got to Adam and Goldman trying to, you know, trap him in some sort of statement. He crushes the dude and they put the, you know, the the Snoop. Yeah, with the with the blunt that comes yeah, with down. the blunt that yeah. comes down, all that stuff. So, <laughs> so Garrett is great for all these things. And so we raised all this money, 560 grand. That's a lot of money. And the question is, is I didn't know this because I've never had to raise money for anybody. How do you get that to somebody if people give you, because it was in my name, I, I gathered it on the aggregator. And, and you're not like Hunter Biden. So you've got to go through the proper laws and procedures. Better, yeah, right? Otherwise, you're going to come I've down. I've already pissed you. off the FBI. I'm sure the IRS. Yeah, is if your name was Hunter Biden, just take the money, throw it in the air and whatever. It's all good. Yeah, but, leave it on the counter. Yeah, sure, throw it in a dumpster it, behind, a, behind a schoolyard next to your gun. You know, or, whatever it is. Just whatever I want to yeah. do. Uh, or just take it around the world in a bag. But you're not Hunter Biden. I'm not. So you're going through so the I've proper So I've got to figure channels. out the right way to do this. So I wrote checks to these guys. I posted them on, on the internet. I, I put them out on Twitter. 
And I think we had like 500,000 views of this. And it was like, I felt really good about it. We're going to send these guys checks. I mailed them out. Immediately, I have like dozens of inbound DMs. Dude, don't do that. You're going to get hit with $80,000 per gift for taxes. And it's like, okay. So I told the guys, hey, pump the brakes. Are you good? I gave up to the individual limit of personal gift. So they, you know, I got like $16,000 to market. So they have some breathing room. Let's figure this thing out. I end up getting contacted by some folks. Um, I'll make it public when it's possible. I'm going to give them a vote in it. But I told them I would publicize what they did because what they're doing is really good. And we are going to create a 501c4 that is able to give them money as needed with no gift issues. Uh, And we have a former IRS attorney and now currently works in a nonprofit status to be able to do this sort of thing and another attorney that are are helping me draft this up. And we're going to create a mechanism, a vehicle to be able to support whistleblowers. And then I talked to the guys. I talked to Garrett. I talked to Marcus. And I said, look, I've got this money. It's your money. We raise it for you guys. We'll give it all to you. Or we can leave some in the pot for the next guy and we can make this a thing. And I can fundraise on this. And if people want to give money to this foundation, and there's other things that do it, but they're not being run by former FBI guys like me. Um, they're not being run by people like Garrett O'Boyle and, and Marcus Allen, and we will take care of our own. We will make a whistleblower community that is self-sufficient through the help and generosity of Americans that want to go and put money towards it. And these are non-tax deductible, right? Like they're going to be writing small gifts. We raised this like $2, $25, $100. The single biggest gift we have was $5,000. And so that's a lot of money, but it's not that much money when it comes to the donation space and people who can afford a $5,000 donation. Great. If you can afford a $25 donation. We'll take it, we'll aggregate it, and we'll support these guys. So if you want to help the whistleblowers, we're going to have that vehicle, and it's being run by someone like me who's going to be totally transparent. The lawyer goes, um, you know, are you going to have any uh, issues with, uh, like, any sunlight on it? And I'm like, no, I'll, I'll show pictures of my own bank account where I receive it. I'll go open up a bank account. We'll, we'll put pictures of it on the web. I've got um, 90,000 followers on Twitter. I'll share it with any of them. Anybody who wants to see it can see it because I don't care. And I think I actually believe that this is the future of not just charitable donations, but I think of media as well. Because there's so much distrust in media, and what we see is the the biggest liars in the history of media, like Rachel Maddow, are the ones making the most money. Right. And then everybody else is trying to get crushed, and you're fighting for scraps. And and I think what you're doing is so brilliant. And, and see, this is – not to get off on a jag here, but this is my big problem with American communists is they don't understand that you're – if you really are a communist and you actually want – your communist system to work, then the free market is your best bet. The only place your communism is going to work is in the free market away from the government. Have your own little commune. You can all pool your money and that's fine. Do that. That only is going to happen in the free market. If you get the government involved, they're going to steal all your money. You're going to be broken poor. So I wish American communists would embrace the free market aspect because to me, this is, I'm not saying you're a communist. Obviously you're not. <laughs> what I'm saying is this is the future. What stops the average person from maybe doing the right thing, it's that they have a mortgage to pay, they've got a family to raise, they've got to put food on the table, and, and they don't want to put that at risk. They're, they're, they're self-preserving. It's and, terrifying. And so I get that. But you're providing them a safety net, we have to. and you're saying, hey, look, your concerns are totally understood. We're going to make sure that we ease those concerns so that you can do the right thing. That's right. I mean, here's the thing. My actual supervisor, when I was working in Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is nowhere, by the way, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's a tiny little office. My boss says, I agree with you. My stance on the vaccine was like, no go. I'm a pro-life Catholic. So that wasn't happening. And he's like, I agree with you. And I agree with you. Right. And yet I have a mortgage. I got alimony. I've got to take care of those obligations. I've got a wife. Ooh, alimony. Oh, and, and here's the thing. And I, and I thought, what a sad thing to find out that your honor Because, you know, if you have law enforcement that says that they're willing to lose their life, that's what we all believe, right? They put their life on the line. How many times do I got to hear that? It sounds like garbage to me because I actually did the job. You know, FBI agents don't put their life on the line every day. That's absurd. 
Um, sometimes they do, but it's really rare, actually. So they're saying, you're going to put your life on the line every single day for the American people, but you're not even willing to put your paycheck on the line. Let's get real about what this is. So that is the th- that's the real rubber meets the road situation. Yep. People have to put food on the table. They have to pay their mortgage. They got to pay their alimony if they happen to. There's a lot of federal agents that are divorced for some reason. Um, so, so no be, comment. Look, they got these problems. Those are real problems. Those are real concerns. Let's address them up front. Let's remove the barriers to entry so you can do the right thing without having to worry about some of the extra stuff, which are real concerns. Um, do I think you should be able to do it without it? Yes. Am I going to judge you? No, that's not the kind of guy I am. Well, I think, this is, I think this is going to be a big success. You, you haven't really publicly announced this yet. No, this so how much, uh, how much infrastructure have you built for this? We're building it right now. I've literally talked to attorneys. They've sent me an engagement letter that's coming in the mail. Um, we are working on, that's the vehicle. We've got to figure out a name. We've got the website. We've got the Give, Send, Go up, which is Give, Send, Go slash Kyle Serafin. So people can contribute to that if they want. Um, it's not tax deductible. There's a, it's a gift to the next person. And you can basically look like on my face and just say like, this is a guy who's going to do the right thing. And I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not looking for any of this money. It's monopoly money to me. It's not even real. Look at that number. Well, and good for you. You're making $103,000. That's a crazy amount of money. And good for you because now you're, you mentioned it earlier. You're, you're now a successful podcast host. So luckily for you, you can put food on your table and, and feed your family. And now you can pay it forward by having the next FBI whistleblowers come forward and make sure they have a little bit of a safety net for their biggest concern is, can I pay my mortgage and keep food in the fridge for my family? All right, let's do one more segment. I said this last time. We're going to do one more segment because there's a big story he wants to talk about. But before we go to break, please remember, we're listener-supported. We're not subscriber-based. We're supported by you buying products at InfoWarsStore.com, and they're excellent. We're selling out of X3. It's our best seller. We have to end the sale because at current sales rates in two weeks, it'll be gone. Try iodine, incredible for your immune system, your electrochemical activity, every cell in the body, it's essential. Without it, without iodine, you die. That's why they're targeting iodine, taking it out of the diet. You need it, but they put the bad halogens in to block the iodine and the chlorine, the fluoride, and the bromine. You need this product. It takes about two weeks to kick in on average. Take a few drops a day. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. And it's 25% off. It is your last chance. Discover the power of activated iodine. Try iodine, true nascent. On iodine takes your system just to the next level. Infowarsstore.com or 888 253 3139. This broadcast contains subject matter that might trigger liberal snowflakes. It's the War Room with Owen Schroyer. Share this message right now at band.video. All right, here's what we're going to do now. Final segment, and uh, we'll get Kyle out of here. He's already been here almost three hours today. On with Alex earlier, on with me. Uh, just an incredible interview here. Well, let's do some political odds making. But here's here. let me just lay out what I have here, and then and then you give your take. I would say that right now Donald Trump is the favorite only because his name is on the board. I have it like this right now. I'd say the political odds makers, if I'm the political odds makers, I have uh, minus 300 for the Democrat nominee, meaning Obama, Michelle Obama or Newsom or whoever they do the bait and switch with, minus 200 for Donald Trump, plus 150 for Joe Biden, plus 450 for Ron DeSantis, plus 500 for RFK Jr. I don't think anybody else is even relevant to say. I mean, you could do like plus 10,000 for 
Vivek Ramaswamy or something, who I like a lot, by the way. Yeah, he's good. Um, and Trump was complimentary of him today, by the way, yep. uh, in his uh, speech at New Hampshire. So, OK, so we both agree maybe the Dem nominee is the favorite. Um, I've explained to the audience why I believe that is. Do you agree? I think that they uh, they have the weakest field right now. They have the weakest person in the race because Joe Biden is bumbling and he's having a hard time speaking and he's talking out of turn. Uh, not to mention all the uh, potential criminal activity. Right. But, you know. but that's the ultimate trump card for them. They have the ability to, at any time. To yank him out of the race, give him, give him the hook, pull him out because classified documents. And so they can make that, look look how fair we are. We're so fair-minded, we're going to crush Trump. Oh, we're the and, noble ones. And yeah. we're going to crush Biden, and Biden's going to have to bow to the race. The fact that he's a 1,000 years old is part of it, I'm sure. So they got that, and then they can put in whoever they want. So that's dangerous. My buddy George Hill uh, was a senior, uh, he was a, sorry, a supervisory intelligence analyst for the Bureau. Spent 11 years, retired from the FBI. He worked for the NSA before that. He worked almost 30 years between military intelligence, Navy, and Marine Corps. And he and I talk, and all the time, he said, I'm stacking ammo, and I'm looking to go to New Hampshire, because his concern is you don't see a lot of concern on the side of the Democrats, even though they have this weak, frail guy that doesn't have a lot of love. He doesn't inspire a lot of excitement. No, Trump, 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 Trump said this today. He was in his speech in New Hampshire, by the way. He said, he said, they, did, they said that Biden got 81 million. I don't see any Biden caps. The MAGA hat's the number one selling hat in the history of the world. I've right. never seen a Biden cap anywhere. Where are the caps? It's correct. It, it is correct. Like, look, you've, you, you've got the most loved and most hated at the same time because people who hate Trump, they hate them from Trump. But that's like the Yankees phenomenon. It's still the most popular ever, even though they're most hated. Correct. And that is the thing. Like, all publicity is good in some ways. It gets the message out there. And actually, CNN knows that, too. They, they love that there's a Trump in there. In fact, CNN should be pulling for Trump hard because it helps their ratings. It'll help them be number one. If they want to be number one over a Fox. They, they should just give him a show. They should give him a show. <laughs> That's Trump the, the prime This is the slot. best idea yet. If CNN wants to. I give these ideas for free. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Hire me, CNN. They, we'll put Trump on prime time three hours a day. They absolutely love a Trump because they love to hate Trump and they watch their ratings dip precipitously when he disappeared from the scene. So they need Trump. He's a you know a breath of fresh air. But you don't see a lot of panic from the Democrat side that they have a crappy candidate who is not inspiring a lot of excitement. And, you know, it's like how many people are out there running around with Kansas City Royals hats on uh, in any other place except Kansas City? And, and nothing against the Royals. My dad actually used to be one of the uh, the managers They're having there. a bad year. <laughs> are they? Tough. Yeah. It's, they might be the worst in the league. Somebody actually. goes like, hey, you know anything about sports ball? And I'm like, no, I don't know sports ball anymore. I know well, all you kinds got of lucky then because I think the Royals are probably that's, the worst team in the league right now. That's really funny. I, I grew up around all kinds of baseball teams and stuff like that. I used to love sports, but I just don't follow anymore because this is the biggest sport. The biggest yep. sport is who's going to crush this country and can we fight back? And I'll tell you this. It looks like the Democrats are doing something. They're playing to win. They always are. And uh, and Republicans, which I'm not a Republican, but I am generally lean that direction. Uh, Republicans are praying, playing to lose more slowly. That's a really bad way to work. Um, and we talked about it on the break, but it's like it's Bangkok rules. Um, one guy is trying to play by the rules and be fair. And, you know, the Democrats are doing uh, Kurt Russell. They're throwing the can in the air. If people haven't seen Escape from L.A., go watch that. It's really good. It'll actually tell you exactly the way a lot of people in the, on the left think because yep. they, they talk about how they're going to be rounding up all these people. But you throw the can in the air. You tell everyone to watch for the can. And while you're looking at the can, they machine gun you down. Well, that's the biggest mistake. I think Trump made it as well. I mean, even Durham, others, they assume that they're dealing in good faith because they're, yes, they're good faith is, dealers. You're not dealing in good faith with the Democrats. You're not. And that is that is exactly what Durham's fault is. I think Durham was trying to be measured. I think he was trying to be reasonable. He's a man that came from an honest and and uh, a very loyal background of of trying to serve the, the nation. And we're not seeing fair play. If you assume people are honest operators. Here's a great example. I talked to this woman, uh, Tiffany Justice. She's Moms for Liberty. And they had this huge scandal, scandal. Um, and the scandal is, you know, they quoted Adolf Hitler, which is why I did my whole podcast about Adolf Hitler yesterday. 
Um, they quoted Adolf Hitler and they said that she was doing a dog whistle to white supremacists and Nazis. Oh, do and, do yeah. you know how bad it is? You yeah. know Frank Figluzzi, right? Oh, Mr. 8-8? Yeah, I know so, Frank. So they're he looks so like a crazy. dead fish, by the way. How, where do they find these people? I mean, you're they the guy. They find them in the FBI's counterintelligence division. That's where he comes from. They're so <laughs> insane. Elon Musk has 88 subscriptions on his page or whatever. That's right. And they literally circle. It's probably changed. The number fluctuating all the time. And they say, look, 88, that's key for Hail Hitler. They right. really, this is an FBI agent that believes this stuff. I mean, you've probably seen it as much as me. I, I, I've seen stuff the that they actually believe, yes. like about me, let's say. For and sure. I mean, I know me. I know it's not true. And I'm like, these are people that are at extremely high level positions and they think they believe this stuff about me. I'm like, are these people nuts? I've been briefed on stuff. I started actually in 2017. I was in the Washington field office, my first year of full-time duty. And I'm out there. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, I know Frank, he looks, he looks like a, he's never met a Botox injection. He doesn't like, right. <laughs> I, I just love that. He's got that. like either that or he's never had a, a lost a night sleep in his he's entire so life. He's so serious. He's so serious. He is just, look at those pit black eyes. He but is serious. He's, he's one of my favorites. Uh, so you've got these people, they were briefing us on Milo Yiannopoulos. Okay. They're briefing us on Richard Spencer. This is 2017. They're talking about Pepe the Frog, That's the Kekistani movement, okay? And then also, because you know this is related, Jordan Peterson. All these things are all part of this, this domestic terror briefing that I'm getting. And I'm sitting there listening to them. And, you know, I'm a pretty right-wing guy, I guess. I didn't know I was. I thought I was a centrist, but I'm not. I'm well, center is right now. Anything, yeah, that's anything correct. left of Hitler, yes, or excuse been, me, anything right of Hitler is uh, considered spot on. Yeah. So I'm sitting here listening to this brief and look, I've looked into what the Kekistani thing was because I was like, what are these flags about? Like, what are these people saying? What's up with the Pepe the Frog thing? I see it. It's pop culture. I want to know about it because I care about America because my credentials say my job is interests of the United States and federal law. So this guy gives this brief and I'm like, nothing in this thing is correct. Nothing he said was accurate. Stunning. So then I go and I pull him aside. I'm like, hey, if you ever want to know what the heck you're talking about, like, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about the Keck movement, about any of the things that you just talked about and everything was wrong. And by the way, putting Jordan Peterson in a brief talking about Richard Spencer, that makes you a crazy person. That makes you 8-8 Frank Figlusi, or whatever his name is, Frankie Figs, uh, the guy whose face looks like a salmon. That's what you are if you are out there doing that. And like you say, it's, it's gone full bore. White supremacists around everyone. So what happens when you try to write that track? No, nothing. You just, nobody, thanks so much for your information. Yeah. And that's it. No, it, no, no follow-up. I'll tell you, it, it, and it's amazing, too, because like you were saying, I didn't get into media to be the story, right? It's just like you didn't become a whistleblower to be the story. Correct. But eventually some stuff happens, and you eventually become the story. It just recently happened to me. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at what people are saying, and I'm looking at the commentary, and I'm just like, you're so out of your mind. But it's, how do I explain you? It's like the same thing working here at InfoWars for Alex Jones. I see all types of stuff that people say about Alex Jones InfoWars. I'm just like, look— I, I'm not mad. I don't hate you. I'm trying to tell you, you're so disillusioned. It, it's, it's so insane. confusing. Yeah, it's it's totally disconnected from reality. And uh, and I might as well tell this because I was I was thinking about it before, but I didn't mention it. My wife and I used to watch your videos out there. I love the boldness that used to go out. We used. To, I mean, this is going back. How whenever you first got the your man first on the street video, how, how yeah, far yeah. back is that going? 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. Now I just can't go out. I yeah, so almost ten years ago, on. and like my wife and I were watching some of your videos. We got to see some of the stuff, and you'd go out there and challenge people, and I always thought it was amazing. I was like. It's about damn time somebody did. Hey, the amount of balls it takes to go out there to a hostile crowd and rile them up. You know, I've been in hostile oh, crowds. The goal is you. to not do that sort of stuff. I'm, I love it. Yeah, but it's it's really <laughs> fun. And then the other thing is you obviously have a combative nature. I have the same sort of instinct. If people are going to say things that are ridiculous, you want to challenge them. And so we used to watch that kind of stuff. It's bizarre that you're like, I'm part of the story now. You were part of the story then. You didn't choose it. You're just out there asking questions. It gets people pissed. And suddenly you're like, you're the, uh, you're the enemy. And so, and then you're going to have an FBI briefing about you. And I guarantee there have been some. 
felt. I oh, didn't get any of them. More than some. Yeah, oh, I right. wish you would have. That would have been fun. You I would, have if I could have shared it, I would have, 100%. Oh, I'm sure it would have been fun. <laughs> All right, Kyle, this has been fantastic. I hope you come back in studio. I know Alex said when he comes back, uh, he'd like to get you back in. You're not far from here, so that's awesome. Uh, one more time, where can people follow your podcast? So they can go to kyleserafin.com if they want to find the audio. Like I say, we're on all the different uh, downloadable places, but we stream live on rumble.com slash kyleserafin, S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N. You can always find me on my handles, which is like at Kyle Serafin. That's on Truth and Twitter. Well, let me tell you, I don't I don't get starstruck. Uh, I've, I actually came from sports media, rub doubles with some of the biggest sports stars. You, my friend, are an American hero. I mean that. <laughs> hey, Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Oh, All right, take that microphone down. It's a spy device now. <laughs> yeah, See, that's important. how it goes. All right, guys, we'll be right back. I'm going to get into the news. In the short time we have, I can't get into all the incredible ingredients and super female vitality. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, read about the ingredients, look them up for yourself, and then understand this is cold-pressed herbs, so it has a more powerful effect to the body. Get yours today at InfoWarsStore.com for 50% off. Super Mel Vitality is selling out. It's an incredible formula for stamina, energy, libido. Only a few hundred bottles left. But the good news is we have several thousand bottles left of Super Female Vitality. That's the same formula. It boosts men. It boosts women. It works great. But women like pink labels. Men like different color labels. So it works for men as well. It's the same formula. It's an incredible formula. And it funds our operation. And here's another important part of the overall information it's 50 percent off for a limited time so get your super female vitality for men and women at infowarstore.com right now for 50 percent off and it funds the infowar super female vitality 50 percent off for a limited time at infowarstore.com i have been in a 28 year marathon battle with a globalist i have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics not just in america but in the world we are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Infowars.com forward slash show. Well, that was a fantastic interview, almost two hours long. I could have gone all day, honestly. But I do have some other news I want to cover here and get to some other video clips that we need to focus on. And then we're going to go into the mind of the liberals on this issue with the vaccine mandates. Jeffrey Tubin, <laughs> the guy who masturbates on webcams, yeah, and then gets hired by CNN, Jeffrey Tubin. He went on the Patrick Bet David podcast. I guess this is right after Alex went on. And uh, it's just, it's not that I really care what Jeffrey Tubin, a serial masturbator, has to say. I actually feel bad. He's probably got a porn addiction. Um it's 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 that understanding the leftist psychology is so important 
because you understand where their policy comes from, why it fails, and also why they refuse to debate, like Dr. Peter Hotez, who we also have news on today. But I just did a hour and a half long interview, and I didn't even plug. And that's okay. The information here is so important. We put the information as a higher priority than even funding ourselves at times. And, you know, that's why sometimes it's hard to fund yourself when you put the information first. That's okay. We're still on the air. That's all that matters. But let me just tell you this. It's not just about funding us. We have great products that uh, I myself am a product of. I love the supplements at InfoWarsStore.com. BrainForce Plus, BrainForce Ultra, both 50% off. I don't go on air without one of those nootropics. I've got the BrainForce Plus capsules right here on my desk all the time. Also got the uh, BrainForce Ultra. I think this is actually Rob's leftover BrainForce Ultra from last week. It's mine now, though. I'll be commandeering that here. So I can tell you from firsthand experience, incredible nootropic. Really, I've never had anything else like it. I don't know. Nootropics have never really been anything for me. I remember um, I was never diagnosed with ADHD or anything, but uh, I remember getting to college and a lot of people had the ADHD stuff, uh, the different drugs. And I, I, I remember I, I would try it. I tried it a couple times to see if it helped me study and it did not. It didn't help me focus at all. If anything, it had the exact opposite effect. Like the last thing I wanted to do was, uh, you know, hit a book and study or something. So not with BrainForce Ultra, not with BrainForce Plus. I mean, it's like a total focus, no distraction, not even a challenge. Uh, just amazing stuff, nothing like it. And I, I love when I hear from members of the audience that have children that maybe get diagnosed with ADHD or something and they get prescribed one of these prescription drugs, one of these pharmaceutical drugs. And I'm not a doctor, so let's just be clear. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you any doctor advice, but... When people tell me, hey, I got off the big pharmaceutical pills for my child to deal with ADHD or whatever, I tried BrainForce Plus, BrainForce Ultra, and it was an even better effect for my kid. Thank you so much. So that's that's always great to hear. Uh, so from firsthand experience, folks, BrainForce Plus, BrainForce Ultra, 50% off, great nootropic, nothing like it. You got a big business presentation. You got a big, big exam coming up, whatever the case is. That's the way to go. For me, three-hour talk show, BrainForce Plus, BrainForce Ultra. And you mix that with TurboForce Plus, you're just taking off like a rocket. TurboForce Plus, also 25% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. 10 hours, yes, I said it, 10 hours of clean energy, TurboForce Plus at InfoWarsStore.com. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, it's all part of the 4th of July super sale. And with your purchase, you're getting double Patriot points that can be applied towards future purchases. So take advantage of these huge July 4th sales. July 4th comes early at InfoWarsStore.com. All right. Okay, Donald Trump. Let's actually do this. Um, Let's play this longer video. Donald Trump was in New Hampshire today. Honestly, it was a great campaign event. I think he spoke for like two hours. Uh, it was it was awesome. It was it was uh, classic Donald Trump today, and he seems really the demeanor is really positive from Trump as well. Seems really calm and collected, despite everything that's going on. And so we had a fantastic rally. It it, it went on for uh, about two hours. Just classic Donald Trump going off script, coming back on script, going off script, having a laugh, making a joke, everybody having a good time. 
And then afterwards, he stepped off the podium. And unlike Joe Biden, who runs from the press like a coward, and then the White House Karens, okay, move along, everybody get out, everybody run, everybody move, everybody get out, get out of the White House, leave, leave, leave. Biden's not taking questions, no press conferences. Donald Trump does a two-hour campaign speech, steps off the podium, and then takes questions from the press on the leaked tape, confronts it head-on. Here it is uh, earlier today. Donald Trump reacts to the leaked DOJ tapes moments after finishing his two-hour campaign rally speech. And I said it very clearly. I had a whole desk full of lots of papers and mostly newspaper articles, copies of magazines, copies of different plans, copies of stories having to do with many, many subjects. And what was said was absolutely fine and very very perfectly. We did nothing wrong. This is a whole hoax. This is just like the Russia, Russia, Russia deal. This is like the fake dossier. The dossier was a fake. It's all been a big fake. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. We went through these things ad nauseum. And this is seven years of this stuff. And now this one. And the one who's done it wrong is Biden. He has 850 boxes all over the place. Nobody even knows where they are. He's got many boxes in Chinatown, D.C., what are they doing there? And he's accepting money from China. He's got boxes all over the place. I'm covered by the Presidential Records Act. I'm covered also by the Clinton Sox case. It's a very important case. It's law. And we did absolutely nothing wrong. This is just another hoax. It's called, uh, I would say, election interference more than anything else. It's a disgrace that they can do it. Next question. But everything was fine. We did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. You're not concerned then with your own voice on those on those recordings? My voice was fine. What did I say wrong on those recordings? I didn't even see the recording. All I know is I did nothing wrong. We had a lot of papers, a lot of papers stacked up. In fact, you could hear the rustle of the paper, and nobody said I did anything wrong other than the fake news, which, of course, is Fox, too. Are there any other recordings that we should be concerned of? Uh, I don't know of any recordings that you should be uh, concerned with because I don't do things wrong. I do things right. I'm a legitimate person. I'm not like Biden that gets hundreds of millions of dollars from people and countries and says uh, we won't give a billion dollars, but you got to get rid of the prosecutor. And then guys like you don't do anything about it because nothing happens. Now, we do things right, so I don't care about any recordings. Supreme Court earlier today, in a 6-3 to three vote, they rejected the independent state legislative theory, which allows that state lawmakers have the authority to, uh, to set election rules with little oversight from the courts. Again, a 6-3 to three r- ruling. Uh, what is your take on that? Well, that was a North Carolina case primarily, so we'll see what happens. Uh, it's election law. It's what they wanted. It's what they felt. A lot of people disagree with them. Uh, the ruling came out just a little while ago. I haven't read the ruling yet. It was, a, again, a North Carolina case. Uh, we'll see how it works. In the meantime, I can say I did very well in North Carolina. I did very well in just about every place, frankly. And uh, we'll see what happens. Last week, going back to that interview with Brett Barry, you mentioned uh, that for every one of your hires that was not good, 10 were fantastic. Those were, I believe, your words last week. If you win back to presidency, is there... Anything, anybody in particular uh, that you would like to see from the first administration in a second Trump administration? Oh, sure. We've had a lot of people, Stephen Miller and uh, General Kellogg, and I could name so many. Uh, Rick Grinnell was fantastic. We had mostly fantastic people. I would say for every, and everybody has uh, bad ones. You have some that are good, but they turn out to be not so good. They're not courageous enough like a Bill Barr. He had no courage. 
but you have, uh, for everyone like that, I've had, I would say, at least 10 that were great. And we rebuilt the military. We got the largest tax cuts in the history of our country. We got the largest regulation cuts in history. We had the strongest border that anybody's ever had. We've never seen a border like that, and now it's a disaster with people coming in from jails and mental institutions pouring into our country. We had the strongest southern border ever. Uh, when you think about rebuilding the military and Space Force, we added Space Force first time in 78 years. Uh, since the Air Force, actually, it, it's become very important. Now, we had a, a great administration. We didn't have a disaster like Afghanistan, where they leave $85 billion behind a 13 dead soldiers. That should have never happened. American citizens left behind. Uh, I think it was the most embarrassing moment in history. Uh, if the election weren't rigged, and I'm, you won't put it on because you're Fox, but if the election weren't rigged, you wouldn't have had the Russia disaster, the horrible, horrible situation with Ukraine. That would have never happened. Putin wouldn't have done it. And China would never be talking about Taiwan right now either, which could be the next one. So there you have it. We've got a little more from Trump today. But when we come back, I'm going to focus on the other side of the aisle, the new Biden whistleblowers, too. What did I say last night? Final segment when I signed off. I said, your political MD here has his fingers on the pulse. Major cardiac events incoming. And we've had two since then. We'll show you both on the other side. Infowarsstore.com is like a grocery store or like a vitamin shop. We want to have all the best brands for you. We want to have a bunch of different choices for you. So I get constant questions online and in person. Hey, what's better? Knockout. What's better? Down and out. What's better? Why do you sell two or three different sleep aids? And the answer is different herbal formulas, different compounds are better for different people. So one person might like this coffee, another person likes that coffee. That's how our bodies work. They're all very diverse. But we've been able to private label a national bestseller that's been sold for many years that people love and sell it for a lower price under the name InfoWars MD Good Night Sleep. This is a great formula full of amazing safe compounds, give you deeper, cleaner, restful sleep, and it's in stock available right now of 25% off out of the gates. So get your InfoWars MD Good Night Sleep today at InfoWarsStore.com. 